Dr. John, to start you off on your Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, whatever time of day you're listening to this, doesn't really matter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. Their goal, their mission, what they want to accomplish is to make sure that prescription drugs are more affordable so you can live a healthier lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you can save money on one aspect of healthcare. That means you're going to be able to afford other aspects of healthcare. Maybe you want a massage, dental, acupuncture. Saving money on prescription drugs will just allow you to get ahead in any other aspect of healthcare. So what Generous United will do is team up with the pharmacist, a local member of your community, and make sure that you are getting a free online attentive service that will allow you to save money on your prescription drugs. Here's what I want you to do. Head on over to generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca, and see if there's anything that they can be doing for you to make sure that you are saving money on anything that you need to live a healthier life. One more time, G-E-N-R-U-S United dot C-A. Today's episode is also brought to you by CryptoVantage. We all know cryptocurrency is everywhere. It's at your dinner table. People are talking about it. It's at your water cooler talk at the office. It's all over the sidewalk. Wherever you go, people are talking about cryptocurrency. I myself have dabbled in it, and I'm not going to lie, I've made my mistakes. That's why I'm happy High Button Sports and CryptoVantage have teamed up to make sure that you don't make those same mistakes. Here's what I want you to do. Head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet. What CryptoVantage will do will send you a free white paper giving you information that you need in order to succeed in the cryptocurrency world. NFTs, what are those? Head on over to CryptoVantage and they will give you, like I just said, everything that you need to know about everything cryptocurrency. Did you know teams like the Oakland A's are allowing their fans to buy tickets using cryptocurrency? It's just a matter of time before cryptocurrency becomes mainstream. Get on board now and head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash high button to make sure you are caught up on everything cryptocurrency. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Tyler Nogler. Tyler's probably one of my favorite guests that we've had on this podcast before. He is currently the interim head coach for the St. Mary's men's ice hockey team. Before that, he was assistant coach under the watchful eye of Trevor Steinberg. We all know who Steiny is, another friend of the show who we love having on. Um... Tyler, he's a winner at the end of the day. He won a 2002 AUS championship with St. Mary's while he was assistant coach. He also won an AUS championship in 2010. And during that same 2010 season, they went on to win a national championship. Stay humble. Uh, Tyler is very involved with the Junior Huskies hockey program. 
He works with kids when it comes to the game of hockey, and he's developing uh, hockey minds all over this province and making sure that this province succeeds when it comes to the sport of hockey. Uh, tremendously involved, even when I was young. I remember Tyler would uh, coach me in that Junior Huskies hockey program in the summer, and the the amount of things that I learned during those programs to, to bring into my actual team leagues, like during tryouts, I, it's just little things I remember he used to teach me back in the day, and they always translated into creating a, I guess I don't want to say all-around hockey player I became, but there's just little things that he taught you that allow you allowed you to succeed in those tryouts, which allowed you to make the AAA, AA teams, you know? It's uh, the, the, the game of hockey, it's not that complicated, but it's definitely played um, a certain way, and I think Tyler is, is the guy that makes sure that the, the game is taught the right way. Um, and he did that for me, and I know he's doing that for a lot of uh, young players around this province, province excuse me, uh, which is great. And on top of that, like I said, interim head coach right now at uh, St. Mary's University for that men's hockey team. It's going to be a great podcast. I love talking to Tyler. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. <laughs> Nogs, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Once again, I appreciate it. Hey, Justin, no problem. Anytime you guys want me back, I love being here. It's a great spot. I was saying last time we were up in the living room, but we finally got the studio back and ready for you. So it's it's in it's in proper fashion, ready for for the podcast today. Well, I'm glad it's winter too, and it's um, I'm not the rookie. I'm not here sitting here with the tank top on. Remember, I <laughs> uh, I was the one that didn't understand that the podcasts are always taped to make sure they're real. I was sitting there with the gun show on. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> we got to hey, they look good. It was summer. Gun, what is it? Sun, sun's out, guns out, guns out, sun, sun, sun's, sun's out. out, guns out. Well, the other thing was is at least I got a little plug out there for our boy Alex with East Coast Lifestyle yeah, and Glenn tanks. Holmes as well with the uh, studio, right? They, the, you know, they're a big promoter of the East Coast Lifestyle. So at least we yeah. got, so at least got some advertising out there last <laughs> last time for the boys. Anyway, Alex, just send the check now, buddy. Yeah, just exactly. send the money right now. It's great sponsorship. Well, no, <laughs> it's it's great to have you back. I'm, uh, I love talking hockey. I love talking ho- hockey in a normal fashion, meaning you're you're, you're traveling to other cities now. There's fans. Um, I don't want to say the the world is completely back to normal, but it seems like the hockey world and and, and what you you do every single day is somewhat turning back to normal. You're shaking your head as I say this. Yeah, no, and I, and I, as I, I'm not shaking my head. No, I actually am shaking my head in the, as an agreement. Yeah, it's you know it's absolutely. It was so refreshing to just come back on campus this year in September, and you know you have you've still got some. You know, there's still some protocols in place where we're there for safety and we're masking up going in and out of the ranks and and so forth. But it's normal, right? We're getting on a bus. We're on, you know, we have a road trip. We're staying in hotels. We're, you know, we're eating as a team. Um, you know, we're practicing as a group. We're getting together as video. I don't have to put the guys in little clusters and groups. So, you know, it's 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 good. You know, there's no cohorts anymore. We're, we're we're a team, and it's it's you know when when you play a team sport, it's an it's important to have your team together and not be broken up and and divided up constantly. So it's great to it's great to be back. Was that a challenge last year when the guys technically weren't in class? Because I'm assuming all the guys last year were working from home studying from home were they in class or no it was completely online online last year so you know the biggest challenge was with no games 
bring the guys to the rink every day for practice. We practice enough in our league as it is, yeah. let alone to go through a whole year without a game. You need to be pretty creative. But, you know, I was pretty thankful. I had a young guy last year uh, who's who's joined us again this year. He's been with the team, Matt Malloy. Uh, he's he's young, enthusiastic guy who's got all kinds of good ideas. Uh, just picked up by Team Canada to go to Russia in December. We can talk about that in a bit. But, uh, you know, there's there's a guy right there that uh, very enthusiastic guy. He, he kept things really fresh for us last year. Mm. I went every time we go, I remember we went and mic'd up someone last year in the, uh, on your team, Smew, and it was great. I was hanging out with Feinze in the room. I went into the coach's room, hung out with you and a couple of the guys, and then I went into the actual dressing room and was talking with Welshy and uh, who else was there? Steiny was there, his son. Uh, it, it was great to see the, the, the community, I guess, back together when it comes to, to St. Mary's. It was very nice. And it was, I remember the first time I really felt uh, in a long time part of a community because I don't know if there was any other team that was really together back then like you guys were like yeah. when it comes to miking up and yeah and I, I I don't know and I know one of the things that and I'm sure that all the other teams and programs would say but we're pretty like I'm thankful like I I've inherited a team that we've got a good dresser and we've got a good leadership group and we have a good and I believe we have a great culture of guys that you know you come into the dress room they know how to have fun they know when to go to work. They're not the good time all the time guys. They're good time at the right time. So it was. Uh, I think it was a good fit last year, and and it kept things fresh for us too. So we were thankful to have you for sure last year. No, it was great to be there. Like I like the word culture. It's a good culture. Yeah. Saint Saint Mary's men's hockey team. The culture's been there for years. Yeah. And to be able to walk, like I don't take I, I don't take it for granted. Every time I get to walk into that room, I don't have to type in the code. They say belly welcome. I, I appreciate that to uh, to the to the utmost respect of of, of your guys's organization. Yeah. So I thank you for letting me in there. No, it's good, and and well, you, you see it. You've you've come a couple times, and you know the guys being local too. And they and and what I like is our local guys. But our guys from away, they become very local, and they understand the the, the support of the local. And I thought it was great. Um, and then they see you embrace us. So with you embracing us, then they're saying, "Hey, he's just part of our family now, right? You're part of the hockey family." I love that. It's the yeah. best part of this job. Right. That's yeah, the best exactly. part. So how are you finding the, the the head coaching the head coaching role? I, I guess the first question was, "How was your summer?" I love talking to Steiny about the recruiting aspect of the job. I always find that interesting. Um, you might have had a role when it comes to recruiting as an assistant coach, but now as the interim head coach, how, how how do you find the recruiting aspect, and how did it mix in with your summer? I guess. Well, the the recruiting was. Probably, if, you know, and I'll be honest, the recruiting was the number one biggest thing that was going to worry me and scare really? me. I just, I hadn't, I've, me and, me and Trevor, we, me and Stein, we, we did two different things. Like, you know, I did the hockey development and the hockey business side of things, and he went after the players. And, you know, we cross-referenced or we intermingled that a little bit. And I would jump in and have the odd conversation or or if there was a local player like a Nick Welsh or a Stephen McCauley or a Ben Duffy you know some of those local stars that we've had come play for us you know I would jump in because we had you know I, I would have had experience with those guys when they were young kids junior like, huskies yeah the junior huskies and the prospects and the junior mooseheads and and that so so that was that was natural um but jumping in to to the recruiting the one thing that was really easy I'm sitting here talking to you. It's natural. It's communication. It's reaching out. It's it's not just having the right things to say. It's about getting to know the person that's on the other end of the phone and telling them why you want them, why the and the program sells itself. Yeah. The academics we new have, rink. you know, we have a new rink, but you know the the academics at St. Mary's is great. The hockey team sells itself. Trevor's done a fantastic job over the past two decades 
to lay a foundation for us to continue to not have to build on, to just keep stocking on top of, right? Because, you know, like I said, we're a nationally recognized program. Um, so, so that part of the recruiting, I was nervous at first, but once I, I had a couple conversations, it was just like anything else. I felt like I was just like a young athlete going, I can do this. I got this right. No problems. Um, and I'm really happy with our recruiting class. I was really happy. We landed uh, early. We landed Andrew Coxhead. Uh, he's a local 2000-born. Played in Quebec. Yeah, yeah, played in Quebec, right? Um, he's, uh, uh, he played a few other places, but he, he finished in, in Hall, um, and or in Gatineau, I should say. And uh, he, uh, Bedford kid, who was a 2000-born uh, prospect boy who played with Little Steiny and Big Steiny growing up. So he was a nice addition to have. Um, and because I've got a history with him, I, I, I love the fact that we landed him. Uh, we landed a guy by the name of Nathan Dunkley came out of the London Knights, so a good hockey program. Um, and then we, uh, we brought in another forward in the, in the name of Brett Newman and Brett, uh, played with the Oshawa Generals, uh, played the last two seasons, uh, year and a half pro. So he's, uh, he's, he's a good high end recruit for us. Uh, we landed, uh, two defensemen and Dennis Busby out of, uh, Flint, um, and um, Justin McPherson, Oda Kitchener. So all good players uh, who are, are well-coached and are, are were, you know, what I re- refer to as top pedigree players. Um, and then we had Justin Samara, who I believe was the best goaltender or one of the best goaltenders coming out of the Maritime Junior League here down in Yarmouth. I uh, heard about this. I've heard yeah, about this story. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and we can talk about him in a second. But, you know, there, there's there's six kids that we're going, you know what, we did a good job. Um, and I'm not here to pat myself on the back with a hundred pound hand. We did a good job recruiting. I had, you know, I had a lot of help from my players and that's big. So when your players are getting on the phone and they're talking to these guys and you know that they, and I'm, I'm kind of talking for them, they believe in you and they believe in the program or else they wouldn't be out there trying to drag these guys to St. Mary's and say, Hey, come play here. It's, it's, it's a great spot to play. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that. That recruiting side of things, I thought, went well, and I'm ready to do it all over again. It never ends. Like, you know, I'm talking to guys now. Are oh, you? Yeah. So you, you start talking to guys now. You know, you're laying some groundwork. Um, the Western League, for instance, they open up their recruiting um, December 8th. So here next, you know, in the next two weeks, you got to plan your nights. You know, what do you, so are you actually going to be taking trips out there? No, but if you want to talk to a kid and he wants to talk to you at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night... Oh, you that's said, what you meant. Sorry. Yeah, I got to yeah, plan my nights because I might have to set my alarm for 2 o'clock in the morning to talk to a kid at 10 o'clock out west. It's just the way it's the way it works, right? Yeah. How, you do you, how do you get your information from a kid out west, though? Like you just said, a guy on your team? Yeah, like so we have, a, we, have a, we have scouts right across the country for us. Oh, so, yeah, so we have a guy by the name of, um, he's a lawyer out west. Uh, um, he's a former equipment manager from here who's gone through, became a very successful student, ended up uh, uh, getting his law degree, and he settled in out west, and he does a lot of people, it's on a lot of miles out there for us, so it's great, you know. Um, we've got our guys in the OHL, and then I've got uh, I've got a guy here locally who does the Quebec League for us. Um, and your biggest help are your players. You know, who did you play with that you'd love to have as a teammate next year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who who did you play against that you found was the, the hardest guy to play against, right? And did, did he have a good character? So sometimes you just sit down, you have meetings with your players, and they'll give you two names, and you'll go, oh, I didn't even have him. 
right? Yeah. And, and, and they turn out sometimes to be some of your better ones. I remember when I first was getting uh, out of Major Midget and going to Junior A, you were with the Lions, I believe, and we sat down at Tim's and had a good meeting. And it was the first time I was ever really recruited, not recruited, but just the first time yeah. I ever I sat down and had a conversation, not a, I wouldn't say it was professional, but it was the first ever kind of professional thing I've ever done in hockey. I yeah. never signed a piece of paper. I never committed. I just like made the team out of tryouts. It was, I've never experienced that until out of Major Midget. And I remember that first conversation with you and uh it was about personalities it was about who's your favorite teammate who's a guy like the questions you just said who's the who's the guy you hate to play against yeah. um was there ever a team you went to and they were just so gritty and, and mean and, and it was the first time i ever actually had to think about it you know what i mean of, of, of what forms a team because major midget it's just i'm not really sure how the major midget side works but going into junior it was just interesting i remember that conversation going okay nogs doesn't really care about maybe the skill he cares about guys personalities and what's going on behind the scenes and i always thought that was really interesting that at a young age i was probably 21 then but i know what you mean right now well the world's full of good hockey players if you don't have good people on your team right Mm -hmm. so i'll go right back to the very first job i took larry utek told me you surround yourself with good people and good things happen Right, I was actually being scolded in the office one day, so he was telling me that I've surrounded myself with you right now, so you better start being a good person because that's what happened. So it's just funny. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. it was a little bit of a lecture, but the point was well taken, and uh, and it's so true. You know, like I look around our dressing room, and I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd like to be. I think I need to be harder on our guys sometimes, but we don't have any problems in the dressing room. You know, I'm not worried about. You know, watch us get one this weekend, but I'm not worried about waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning and having my boss on the other end of the phone or somebody from the police department saying, you know, you've we've got an issue here. We've got good kids in the dressing room. We've got great leaders and they manage that themselves and they're focused and you just don't want that problem in your program, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's that that's where we kind of start. So it really starts by the person. I'll even go to say the you know, your players have so much of an influence on recruiting. I'll go, hey, listen, I want to bring in Justin Blanchet. And they'll be like, nope, doesn't fit in here. Really? Scored 42 goals last year. Seems like a pretty good player. Yeah, Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't want him. You don't want him in the room. And then all of a sudden you go and you start digging in and you realize, well, you know, he has been traded three times for not good reasons. Or, you know, then you – and we have – you know what? We have had those players where you've brought them in and you're going, you know, you're not going to – you're not going to bring in the skill anymore over overcompensating if they're really, they have to be a good person, yeah. right? So, and the way that this world's starting to dial out and the way that we're trending, you know, like, you know, and that I'm not promoting that we should be allowed to say and do bad things, but, you know, you, you want good, responsible people because it's, it's, you know, we're living in a little bit of a sensitive society now. A hundred percent. Um, Moving on to the development of players. I know that you know how to develop uh, young players with the Junior Huskies program. In the intro before you got here, I was saying how you helped me always with uh, with, with my tryouts. I'm not going to say I made AAA and AA teams because of you, but I remember those camps in the summer developed me uh, at a more mature rate, I guess you could say. It just taught me more the X's and O's of hockey rather than just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, but at the professional, professional at the the U sports level, when you're taking guys from major junior into U sports, like the the guys you just listed off, um, what's one of the things you like to hone in on all of them when it comes to playing at the U sports level? Because if you ask me, well, it's, it's, I think everyone agrees, it's the best hockey around here. Um, 
but what do you think the biggest thing you like to hone in on those young guys coming into the to, to the level at St. Mary's? Well, the one thing that I really noticed with our league is you need to be an exceptional skater. If you if you struggle with your skating or you struggle with your conditioning at this level, um, you're 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 behind right off the get go. Uh, the other thing is is you start to really look at. Um, programs and uh you know I, I know there's lots of good programs out there and i'm sure that most programs are are very well coached but if you know that there's a program out there that is a very good coach and you know like i'll use the i'll use kitchener as an example you know if guys are coming out of the kitchener rangers they're probably very well coached they have good coaches guys come out of london you know they play for the hunters you know they're you know they've they played for a hard coach they played for a coach you know you look at a guy like jimmy holton in in, in pei um you know, they're, they're such a well-coached team. There's other teams that are very well-coached, so I don't want to, you know, take anything away from any other coach. But, you know, sometimes when I look at teams that, that play with such good structure and um, their team, you know, their their players, are, they're not just like robots, but they know where to go. And their forecheck is the same. And they backcheck the same. And, you know, their, their team is the same. You say, okay, now that's a kid that can follow information and he can be coached and maybe he can even be challenged and coached hard too because you know some of these guys expect a lot so um so that was one big avenue that 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 I really look at mm. yeah was there anything that fell maybe unexpectedly in the head coach role i know you've been in the assistant ro- assistant coaching role for a long time under steiny and you've you've been under steiny's wing for a long time and it seems like you've you know, you know everything that he's done is his tricks, everything. But was there anything when you got into the role? You're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this maybe to come up. Anything like that, unexpectedly? The pressure. Okay. You know, like I really underestimated the amount of pressure that head coaches and and even a guy like Trevor is under every day. You know, in this league is such a competitive league. Um, there's there's such a high expectation that we even put on ourselves to win every night. Um, with the league so competitive if you're just off a little bit. So I, you know, as an assistant coach, I don't want to ever under, under or demean the pressure, undermine the pressure. I never felt that pressure. You know, you go home at the end of the night, I got my wife and my four kids, I go home, I tip a glass of red wine, I've got my, you know, I got a donair, I'm sitting there, I'm going, this is, you know, we, we, lost, a, we lost to a team tonight, it's, it's okay, we'll get two points tomorrow. Well, all of a sudden, you know, you don't realize, well, we've just lost three in a row. You know, we, we started our year off with, two losses and then you know then we went in and we had another loss and you're going okay well when I look down the schedule we could be 0 and 8 here to start the season it doesn't get easier so the pressure I didn't really I didn't foresee the pressure being maybe as great as it was um to offset that I'm very thankful for the two coaches that I have um so when there was another thing that 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 kind of and and I'm fortunate for it I've had Matt but having a guy like John Greenwood, who's come from the Mooseheads, become available um, to to join us, and uh, he, you know, he had uh, left the Mooseheads after seven years, and to have a guy like John, and to have a guy like Matt, and to have that support network, I didn't realize the level. Um, so I'll give myself, I guess, a little bit of credit. So if if I provide a Trevor with the same level of support, these guys. Um, are are providing me with mm. I didn't realize the importance of that support can you give me an example of what that means support like what what's a piece of support that they would give you well I came up here today to meet you yeah well I'm quite confident these guys are in the office right now they're doing video right they're writing up practice um, they're gonna have power play penalty kill they're gonna re- you know review our systems they're gonna make 
suggestions on changing of systems, um, implementing of systems. So it's that support. It's uh, it's you know even a guy like a guy Johnny with his uh, with his wealth of knowledge out of the Quebec League. You know I'm running players by. I like this guy. I like this guy. You should look at this guy. You know so it's it's just it's that type of support. Um, more so hands on every day. Both of these guys are great with video. Um, I come into work every day and uh, um, they have so much video ready that you go in and you say, guys, there's the pregame speech. There it is. Yeah. Okay. We just watched it. You know, I got my card here. I go, okay, well, well what do I, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say every one of the five points that John just showed us on video? Yeah. You know, now sometimes, and it was great. Like, you know, we were up in UMB. Um, and, you know, three of the points that I made, I said, guys, I'm going to jump in here first. And three of the points that I made that I think they might have been John's first three points on uh, on the video. Right. So it was uh, it's 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 that type of support that these guys can give you in just day to day preparation and to have the knowledge that they have. That's I great. Can't, I can't ask for more. When right? John came on the podcast, he was talking about the assistant coach role and how he loves being um uh, being able to talk to his players and he said the head coach role is a little bit different did do you miss that part of it or did you still really have a really close relationship with the players because you need to be able to put a guy in his place maybe not i don't know your coaching style in that aspect but is there a part of you that almost misses that that, that connection no you know relationships are what you make of them okay right and that's driven through communication so the fine line is is you you need to be their friend to a certain level because you need these guys to block shots for you. You need them to play hard for you. Ultimately, they, you know, they do it for their leader. I'm, I guess I'm, I would consider myself the first leader, right? You know, then we have our coaches and then we have our captains and our assistants. And, um, you know, so, so you need to have that fine line where you need to be hard on them because why can, you know, I, I, I use the terms fair and equal. I can't treat everybody equally, but I could treat them fairly. Right, and when I say equally, and I don't want this to be misconstrued, I don't have 20 minutes of ice time for everybody, so I can't have you know guys that play on my first line and guys that play on my fourth line have an equal amount of ice time. But I can treat them fairly. Turnovers are turnovers, not finishing your hits or not finishing your hits. So why do you know quote unquote your better players? Why are they held to a different standard? Well. The guy who's going to score 30 goals for you can turn the puck over at the offensive blue line because he's going to score 30 goals for you. Where your guy in your fourth line might not be scoring 30 goals for you. So he can't, he can't afford to turn the puck over in the blue line. So that's why maybe you have to treat him a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't be afforded the same amount of leash to run with. But, uh, but so, so that was a challenge, right, to really find that because... If you don't have the respect, then really, how can you be hard on them? But if you're, if you all you do is scream and yell and just belittle somebody, well, how are you going to have the respect? Because they're going to hate you. Well, why am I going to listen to this guy? So, you know, sometimes yelling at guys becomes old quick. I'm not a yeller. I'm really not. Um, I, I don't, I don't bang my fist down on the table and try to try to command with an iron fist. It's all, but I, I'm not afraid to communicate, and I'm not afraid to walk in the dress room and, you know. We're three games in, and I called out my starting goaltender and told him to mix in a save. <laughs> right? You know, like, you're walking out of the dress room, and I'm looking at with the guys. I'm like, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. 
we're going to win 4-1 or we're going to lose 9-1. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be one or the other, right? You know, we ended up winning that game and it was a, it was a big it was it was big for us and you know, I don't know how many times guys go in and coaches go in and call it a starting goalie. Um, but I felt he needed to be better. Um and that's where I will coach not you know, with I'll coach with emotion. But I won't coach with, I won't be emotionalist or I won't be over emotion. I won't have too much emotion, right? But I'll coach with emotion, controlled emotion. Um, and uh, and I felt like it was time for, you know, our team to go, hey, you need to be better and you're not right now. I love that. Yeah. I find that that's great in parenting as well. Yeah. I, I, I remember being pissed at my dad all the time when I was younger, but now I look back at it and I'm thankful. Yeah. You know, tough love. It, yeah. it makes you who you are. Yeah. It's good. But that doesn't stop me from sitting down on a Sunday afternoon and reaching out to guys and, you know, seeing how their school's making out and I can still be real with them. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't changed as a person just because I'm their head coach now. I'm no different of a person today than I was, you know, two and a half years ago to the same guys that were here. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, I don't want to be self-promoting, but if, you know, I pride myself on the fact that um, I'm not an easy coach but I'm, I'm a helpful one. If my players need something or they want something, I've told them, you come ask, right? Don't be afraid of me. I in, don't what, want... in what sense? Ask for what? Like, what, what would you, you need help with a professor. Uh, maybe you, maybe you, you need help finding a job in the off season. You know, I just had a guy come today and ask me if, you, if, if I had a lawnmower. <laughs> like, you know, like sometimes you have that, that divide with, uh, with players that they're afraid to ask you for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a guy that uh, was struggling and, and just the way that our sticks are. He said, can I change my curve? Well, sure, but that might just be a hard no, right? You know, um, that type of ask, right? Um, a guy coming in because, you know, we've got, we, we practice for four days, but he's feeling overwhelmed in his schoolwork. I need a tutor. Can you help me? Like anything, anything that they might need help with, you just come and ask. Because it's pretty simple. If we're not allowed to do it, we say no. If we can't do it, we say no. If we can't do it, maybe we'll give them a reason why we can't do it. But I'll communicate all that with them, right? You mm-hmm. know, I had a guy called me and said, listen, you know, based on my exams and, and, and so forth, um, could I go home after the game with my parents? No. Because right now our team's not in a mental state and we're not in in the right path for us not to be together as a team or for me to afford you time off. So it's just an easy no, right? We're on a five-game winning streak. Sure, go home. Take two days. <laughs> right. it's, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the things you must be learning right now. You know, I don't know. I, every, oh, yeah. Everything you just said to me, it, it's great, but it's people skills. I think of our company, we have like four or five guys, and for you to manage, you know, you got 20, 25 people, uh, you know, on your staff, like including the players, that's – it's – it just seems like a lot to manage, but it seems like every single thing I throw at you, you have an answer, but you have it in a calm demeanor because you've been through it. You've been through everything. Well, not everything, uh, but you, he gave me the credit one day and gave me the compliment. And Trevor said, "By the time you take over this job, you'll be a better coach than me." I don't think I'm there yet, right? I've got a lot of respect for that guy, but his comments not unwarranted because what I've been afforded to do for two decades is learn from every one of his mistakes. Or not just that, like, trust me, you know, we all make them or learn from the things that he did very well, the things that made him successful, right? And how do you go, okay, well, guess what? You you were 97% on that. Well, 
I I was able to I can fix the three percent that because it was his first time doing it, right? You know, so so we were a good team, and he's you know he gave me the opportunity to to have a lot of responsibility, changing the forwards, you know, going out and building a hockey business, having this abilities to go out and just chat with people and creating these interpersonal skills and the communicative skills. So he set me up for the job and he set me up to take over for him, um, which I'm thankful for. And uh, it hasn't been easy, but I do see all the areas where he warned me about, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, like, Right. Or, 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 you know, like once you, like even once you start saying yes to the players, it becomes a slippery slope. Then it's a revolving door. Right. You, you know, said yes you do, to this guy. Not well, to it, and, and that's the, you know, like that's the thing. Right. If, and, and I won't treat guys differently. Like if I'm saying yes to you for something, if he wants it, he's just as important of a piece to me as you are. Right. Um, and that's, and, and that's if I to switch topics on, a, you know, on our lineup. That's where, that's the thing that you're trying to bang home with these guys. Don't undervalue your position. Every position on this hockey team is so important. A position that we need to win and you fill it. Like, you know, without 20 guys in the lineup, it's it's tough to win on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. So your position is important, whether it's for six minutes or for 16, it's important. So I like to try to treat them all the same. There's the, there's the part where I can treat them all equally. Like, you know. One guy gets a dozen sticks, they all get a dozen sticks. One guy gets new skates, they all can have new skates, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's pretty simple. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, sorry. The, the mic? Yeah. Yep. Oh, guy can hear you good. Um, the school seems like they're good with that stuff, like the sticks, the skates. I remember every time I walk into Feinze's office, the, there's... We, we have our budget. Well, yeah. it's it's not the school. The school's good. The school gives us a great budget to work with. Um I give credit to where credit's due. That's, again, I'll go back to you. Surround yourself with good people. I've got an incredible equipment manager. He's almost too good. Every time I go in there, he goes, Belly, do you want a coffee? Like, what do you, like, that's first class there. Yeah. You know, so, it's just, he's. Yeah, like, he's there. He's there. He services the players. He makes sure the players are um, are ready to go with, with, with the best stuff. And he, you know, he gives us, he gives us the best service. Like, I'm really thankful for a guy like him. I'll give you a story about Fines. We walk in there probably three, two years ago, and we're miking someone up. And we used to have the, the mic. It's like a little machine. And we used to tape it to the guy. And he looks at this. He goes, no, what are you doing? What's going on, boys? What are you doing? So we go out. We do the mic'd up video. We're out there for an hour and a half. We come back into the dressing room. He made us a belt that we're able to put the microphone into so we don't have to tape it. Velcro, perfect. Like, that's above and beyond. That's the type of character you want to surround yourself with. And I'll never forget that. We still use it to this day. And every time I see him, he goes, how's that belt? Do you need help with any? Do you want me to fix anything? And I, and just yeah. little things like that that I love about Fines. He's just a great guy. <laughs> and I saw the little the military moment of silence you guys did the other day. That was great. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, well, there's a, there's another thing. I'll give a shout out to my players, you know, and this was Jonathan Hampton, right? Um, Jonathan Hampton went right up to, uh, to, to, to Johnny and said, uh, you know, like, we, we should stop at 11 o'clock and and you know and i and i did say to john you know i i yeah a couple guys have uh, had mentioned it but you know we drug practice out till 11 o'clock and we went and got mike and these guys surrounded center ice and uh we also have a have a guy kyle penny who uh who's a um an equipment or um, a trainer um like a physio guy for us, therapist. That's the word I'm looking for. He's a therapist. Yeah. So Kyle Penny is a therapist. He's uh, he's also with the military. And uh, Ken Gardner, uh, he's uh, one of our equipment managers. He helps Mike as, w- as well. So we were hoping they would all be there. Um, but, uh, you know, I should have put on my, uh, 
on my Facebook note, a little bit of a shout out to them as well. But um, the guys are very much appreciative of everything that Mike and his staff do for us. And I thought it was great, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It just speaks to their character. And again, I'm promoting our guys, but it just, you know, Jonathan Hampton's a fourth line centerman and you couldn't ask for a better guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's the guy that you go, okay, hey, he could be an unbelievable son-in-law. Like those are the types of guys you have on your team, right? Mm, I like that. Yeah. Have you talked to Midge at all in the past couple of months? I haven't spoke to Midge. Um, it's been a, it's been a bit. We've uh, I've exchanged a couple notes with him being down in New York. Um, but what a ride for this guy! You know, he's a former captain with St. Mary's, and this guy is just, uh, you know, he pursues excellence, right? Like this is a go getter. Like you know, think about. Uh, um, you think that the guy's hard done by because he was let go by the Mooseheads here a couple years ago, and all he does is put his nose to the grind and goes to work, and he ends up in a pro league over in Europe. He fights, he goes right through, he works, maintains being current, and, you know, through COVID. and Look at him now. Assistant coach of the New York Rangers. Pretty impressive. You know. And while he got the job, he was coaching Team Canada with Troy. With Troy. And like, yeah. what a summer. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember when he got the job, I reached out and I said, "Hey, great job!" And he was like, "Don't be ever, don't be afraid to ever reach out. Feel free to use me. Let me know." Like he just, he wants to help. Oh, just, yeah. You know, just, well, that's that, 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 that's and that's why he's where he is, right? Like, you know, he, here's an example that, uh, um, and and I've heard this story, so so I'll uh, I'll repeat it. It's it's a little bit hearsay, but you know, Jim was with the St. John Sea Dogs, so Jim left the St. John Sea Dogs and was with Ross A. Netherwood, uh, the the private school. And that's when Gerard came in with St. John. So that's so so Midge actually did correct with Jar, Gerard, yeah. right? But you think about it. So here's a guy who's no longer employed with the Sea Dogs, and a head coach reaches out to him and asks for help. Travel help, budget help, whatever that help might have been, right? And Midge just helps. Because that's just what he does. He just helps, right? Because why wouldn't you want to help? And why wouldn't you want to help a guy like Gerard Glant either? You know what I mean? So he's maintaining good contact with Gerard, Gerard Glant, and he's helped him. And guess what? There's a guy that he can speak for himself. He never forgot everybody he's got help from because there's a guy like Midge 15, 20 years ago that helped him, right? You know, 15 years ago when he took over as a head coach, and now he's Midge's assistant coach, right? Never met him, but I hear great things about him. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've had few experiences with them, a few experiences over in PEI, uh, in my days at hockey school and over, over there. Um, but other than that, a um, couple opportunities to meet the guy, very well-spoken. Um, you'd, you'd never know that he was, you know, a Hall of Famer NHL or Hall of Famer coach uh, should be. Um, and uh, you'd never know that when you meet him because he's just a T-shirt and ripped jeans type of guy with flip-flops that is real give you his time answer questions and politely excuse himself and on he goes he's good if you ever watch a new york rangers press conference when galant's in there just watch one it's the funniest thing because these new york reporters are asking hard-nosed questions trying to get to something and galant has the biggest smile on his face because i don't know we'll see we'll uh you know, I don't know who the starting goalie is tonight, but uh, you'll know at the seven o'clock when he's out there. So, yeah. it, like, it's it, the way he he controls the room with a smile, because you know, the New York media—they're just you know, give me yeah. give me an answer. It's so weird how he controls it. But well, anyone listening, like YouTube, just Galant press conference. It's it's cool to watch how he can control yeah. it. Well, the mo on him is he's supposed to be the ultimate players' coach, right? You know, like yeah. he knows how to connect with them and. 
Um, I like the line that he's uh, he used in Vegas where, you know, if you're good enough to sit in front of me, you'll play. Because if you're good enough to sit in front of me, you're good enough for me to put you on the ice. And I like that. I like that theory. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I want to talk about the goalie from Yarmouth that's on your team really quick because you're not the first guy to bring that up uh, about his story and how where he is now. But how did that come about for him to be where he is now? Well, well, Justin, if you you know if you want to take this back, this is you know, and, I, and again, I don't know the complete timeline as far as year by year how it works out, but here's Justin who uh, who's a local Halifax Hawks kid um, comes up through, doesn't make major midget, right? Yeah. So he goes and plays high school, right? So comes through high school, never cracks a major midget lineup, and coming out of high school, you know, there's there's no major junior form. You know, you're you're playing high school, and not, not very many guys picked up major junior. So, you know, there's he's coming out of high school, and tries out and pushes for tier two, doesn't make junior A, but plays junior B. Well, from junior B he goes to junior A, and from junior A he's with us. But what's happened is is everywhere he's gone, he's really elevated his game to be the best. Like he was the best high school goaltender from my understanding. You know, he was the best junior B goalie. He was the best, you know, he just stops puck. So, you know, he's just, <laughs> so, so at our level, you know, he's, he's, he's had, he's had one, one opportunity in St. of X. He went in, um, after, you know, Xavier Potfan came out with a high ankle sprain. He went in and he did play great. Um, now the hard part is, 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 when do I, as a coach, maybe take the opportunity to give him a chance? Yeah. Uh, he's playing behind a guy, Matt Welsh, who's who's a pretty good goaltender. Pretty good resume. Um, and uh, but but again, you know, will he get that chance? It's, we'll see. It, it, we'll see. But uh, he looks great in practice. He's a great kid. He's he's a great teammate. He's, yeah. he's so again, we're lucky to have a guy who's a who's a very good teammate. Um, and uh, and we'll see. Could but be a Fukali story. Yeah. You never but, know. But he's been, you know, he's just that that's that's the funny thing when I said that. He just stops pucks. Like that's <laughs> when I talked to his goalie coach, who who his goalie coach Brad McCharles is actually our goalie coach. And I just said, you know, like he goes, Well, it's just he just stops pucks. He just and and he's not an erratic. It's not like he's a Dominic Hassett goalie where he's all over the place. Like he's got a style and he's got good techniques and he's got good good, you know, he's he's good and square to the puck and you know, all those things that goalies are supposed to do. Yeah. And he stops the puck, so which is the most <laughs> important part. Um but uh but yeah. Oh, I did light him up a couple times in two puck though at the end of practice. So Oh was, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Short little heavy set head coach, I can still score goals. Hey, that's a good coaches sniping in warm up or sniping in practice. Yeah. Pressure's on for the coaches in practice when you, you gotta you gotta show that you can still play. You got to yeah. show. You got to show it up for the I players. Fake a, I fake a shoulder injury and kind of you just do a little knuckleball shot just to sit for age. I fake the shoulder injury, so so I show the guys that I do have a reason why I don't shoot the puck that hard anymore, right? <laughs> I love it. So, um, I wanted to talk about your communication skills a little bit. I I remember last year we you and I drove to uh, St. Mary's practice together. I think we got we were doing something here, and then we drove to practice together. And on the drive down, you had um you probably had three phone calls like over the the PA in your car, the system, and you, you were talking to these people like you've known them your whole life. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know. But I remember that drive driving down to St. Mary's and you having those conversations and you being able to connect with those people, even if it was about nothing. You, you, you even yesterday when you called me, I was amazed on how you know we haven't spoken in like a month, but yesterday. You, 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 we talked how two friends have 
known each other their entire life and now you're here it's it fascinates me the way you're able to communicate so i wanted to talk about bridgewater and growing up did that growing up in bridgewater did that help you with your communication skills or being a coach and developing over time did that help your communication skills i think there's this is going to come threefold um one being in a small town a small community uh you know everybody so you you, you say hi to everybody you know yeah. like you grew up in bridgewater um <laughs> but you know say, what I mean, right? Like, yeah, well, you grew up in Bridgewater. You know, the running joke was is if you farted on High Street, they knew on King Street. Like, so you didn't, <laughs> so so you didn't do anything in the town without anybody really knowing. So you like, so there's my point: is you knew everybody. You know, um, I will tell you, we 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 weren't regular, but we were pretty regular churchgoers. Um, my mom always had me in the church plays. Uh, I, I took on a role, some type of a lead role, where I would where I would talk or I would be the narrator. Did it come natural? And it did. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. You know, so, so much so if, if, if I'm being a little silly, I was in one Christmas play where there were two people there and they were both completely stage fright and they lost their lines and I was a reporter. So I reported and, <laughs> and I would ask them the question and I would answer their question and then ask if they were okay with their answer. And then, <laughs> and they were given the one word answer. So, so, so talking has always been a little bit, you know, I say, I take it, I get, get the gift of gab from my mother. Um, so, so talking, I've never really ever been that shy either. Yeah. Uh, I've never been afraid if I wanted to meet somebody, I thought that you have to make your own opportunity. Um, so, you know, coming from that small town, that was, that's one, um, two, I'll go back. I'll give Steiny some more credit. Steiny. Right. Like, you know, like I, I was his, I was his kid, right? Like I was his kid and he, He's the guy that made me at a very young age. He was the one that made me call the restaurants and set up the team meals. He made me call the buses and, you know, do the itineraries before all the email days. And you had to communicate with guys. Um, he put me in those positions um, to give me that experience. So you're nervous. Like, you're nervous. You know, like when you talk about the communications, like, you know, if I was to flip back to say even one of the hard things, like you asked me about the hard part of the job, get up in front of a team four times every night and have to say something. I got the pregame speech. You're going in before, you know, like, we, so we have a meeting at 515. You're going in before the game. You're going in after the first. You're going back in after the first. You're going in after the second. You're going back in before the start of the third. You're going, like, you're in there and you, you, you've you got to say something to these guys every time. You know, I always used to think about basketball coaches. What do basketball coaches do every time they call timeout? They come there and you're standing there. Well, think about how many timeouts there are constantly in basketball, a lot. right? There's a lot. So you got to constantly drawing up plays and you're talking to these guys. So I'm thinking to myself, how hard would it be to be a basketball coach? You got to constantly have something to say all the time. Well, I'm facing it now, right? Yeah. But Trevor's given me that opportunity. You know, St. Mary's has afforded me the opportunity to, to be in places, to, 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 to be a part of events and to get up and actually give an address or speak. Um, you know, so, so there's number two and number three, I'll tell you, you know, I read a book, I don't read many of them and Ty Domi's book. And one of the things he says in, in his book is talk to everybody because he makes a comment about whether you're walking out of the rink and you're seeing the ushers or you're walking into the rink and you're seeing the Zamboni guys, they're all as important as the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So why don't you say hi to them? So, you know, for me to be able to kick around um, and and have a chit-chat with the painters at St. Mary's. I ran into one of them at the beach down in Hubbard's this summer. 
you know, I walk over. He's a painter at St. Mary's. Uh, I've known him for 20 years. Is it Jai? Jai, yeah. yeah. Tony, yeah, Quake, Jai. Quake's a good friend of mine. Jai, yeah. Jai's been on this podcast. Yeah, so, so you know, so, so, so I took an opportunity to meet Jai 25 years ago. Well, well, we sat and crushed a couple beers in Hubbard's this summer. <laughs> but I walk over, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not the best guy. Like, I'm not something special because I did it. But I saw him down the beach. I, why wouldn't I walk down and say, hi, this guy works with me. We've worked for two decades together. But, you know, we're talking about everything but hockey. And that's the best about, about like, what I like. Um, so what I like to do, and this is why it probably seems so natural, I want to know your story. Like, you know, when we, you and me were started to talk, we came here, and I know what we were talking about. We were talking about advertising. But at the whole time with you, I want to know your story. The last time we chatted is how did you get started? Why did you do this? Right? I think it's fascinating. Yeah, but I want to, yeah. But I want to know your story. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's one of the things that um, has allowed me to, to communicate or not be afraid to communicate or to have conversations. Um, um because you would be surprised. You'd be surprised, and, you know, you ask Chris Larad from the women's team how many times he's traveled with me in spring hockey, and we're sitting in the Baton Rouge in Montreal, and I'll wave to a guy, and he'll be like, who's that? I'll be like, I don't know. I met him here three years ago, <laughs> right? And then I'll go over, and I'll start talking to these guys, and we're chit-chatting, and I'll be like, hey, the like the golf course that you recommended to us, it was awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah, right. I didn't know if you remembered me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, well, you know. I've been coming here for 20 years. You've been sitting in that same spot for 20 years, and we finally spoke three years ago. Of course I'm going to remember you. So, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's 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 me in a nutshell, and uh, and I'm not shy. You know, I'm not I'm not even a little bit shy, right? You know. I'll tell you a funny story. I, was, I might get Tuna Blue in trouble here, but I was at Tuna Blue two years ago in Hubbard's, and uh, the playoff game was on. It was Dallas and Colorado, game seven, when Colorado unfortunately lost. And the game was up at the bar, but mid-COVID, you're not allowed to stand at the bar, so you have to sit at your table. And Buddy looks at me. He doesn't go belly. He doesn't go Justin. He doesn't go high button. He looks at me. He goes, Nogler podcast. I go, yeah. He goes, you're, you're the guy that did the Nogler podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, man, you stay, stay, stand at the bar, watch the game. It's fine. John. Is, that, is that who was his name? John, John? Yeah, so, I think I'm pretty sure it probably was, would have been John. Yeah. So it was me, John. I think his wife, it made, someone that he knew yeah. really well was there. And then I was just watching the hockey game, standing at the bar, watching the game because he knew me or he yeah. knew me through the podcast I did with you. Yeah. Yeah, probably Connections. John. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's good. But the, the, there's the thing, like you know, these these guys. It's uh, well, it's funny. I well, here I met uh, when I met, um, and I'll say Mr. Fleming because he's he's the Mister. When I met Mr. Fleming, the father, we're walking, and uh, he's driving in a golf cart, and it was the first time I I met him. Mm. And uh, he goes, uh, he stops because he sees my wife walking, and so she's she's there, and she's she's honestly she's the most pleasant person alive. Um, so we're chit-chatting. He goes, you got a lovely family here and everything. And so I want to take an opportunity because I've never met him. So I said, hi, I'm Tyler Nogler. I said, I'm a coach at St. Mary's. And I said, and you are? He's like, my name's Jack Fleming. He's like, I, I own a small paving company. Yeah, okay, right? Ocean Concrete, right? It's, you know, great. Well, yeah, we have <laughs> But there's, there's an example of me of saying the communication I took an opportunity. I'd never met Jack personally. He's done such great things. He's actually, they have ocean concrete in Bridgewater. What he doesn't realize, and he didn't until then, he sponsored me as a midget player. 
So we used to go to Quebec every year and we used to have to get sponsorship. So I used to go out to Ocean and Ocean would give me $200 every year. So by having an opportunity to meet him, I'm 47 years old. This is 30 years later. And I, I, so I said, I, I finally now get the opportunity to thank you for three years of sponsoring me. Um, you know, if I don't have that conversation with them, I don't have that opportunity. And it's a small world. They have um, memberships at Aspetagon. And two weeks later, I'm there golfing with him and his son and son-in-law. No. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, and, and it's just because I'm, I'm sitting in the parking lot and they're sitting in the parking lot and they're going out as a twosome and, you know, I'm <laughs> kind of like at the movies by myself, a loser, and I'm there <laughs> getting ready to play nine holes by myself and I'm going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys, do you guys mind if I join? <laughs> Don't feel like spending four and a half hours by myself. I will, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... That's yeah, incredible. so so yeah, so so that's and you know on the point where I'm not shy, right? And I think that if you take an opportunity to 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 meet somebody or if you have an opportunity to have a conversation, do it. You never know what will come of it, right? You know. Well, it's just so. a dying breed, and I remember that. I for oddly, you know how you remember weird things in life, and I just always remember that car ride and you talking to those three people over the PA in your car. It just fascinated me how well you 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 talk to these people. It, I don't know. It's a dying breed. Yeah. Well, remember, like, and again, I don't want to digress, but I called you last night on another business because I, I'm trying to figure out something to set up, you know, something, something for my daughter, but just instantly in my head, it just clicked. Hey, he did something like this one day that I was there. Mm. You know what I mean? So I had no hesitation to just pick up the phone and call you. And if I didn't reach you, I would have left you a message and I would have yeah. sent you a text. And But it's what the way I like, you did it. It's the yeah. way you did it that is, I admire. It's. It's yeah. a, you have, it's just, I guess you just need to get a phone call from Tyler Nogwood to experience it. It's just, it's a weird, not weird way. It's just a different way you communicate and it's very wholesome. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think wholesome. so. I think because I did call you for a purpose that was self-interest last night for myself, for my daughter specifically, but I wanted to know how you were doing. I wanted to know how your show was yeah. doing and you know. And I, I, I love talking I, about yeah, that and stuff. Yeah, and I think it was great because the last thing, calling you last night, I didn't think I'd end up here today, Dang. which which I was thinking, wow, I got more star status than I give myself credit for. <laughs> right? Three hours before you called me, me and him were sitting down here trying to find a guest, so it worked out perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. What is it meant to be? It's meant to be. Yeah. And uh, and like I think that you know after my tenure's done at St. Mary's, I'm going to probably be just here as a regular guest on the show making fun of people and saying things that I'm probably not allowed to say when when I'm hired at St. Mary's right now. So I'll look forward to that. Hey, I, we got more, we got chairs and microphones. We got all the cameras you need. So you well, I need to sit down way. here some night when Coleman's here. That's what I want to do. How do you know Coleman? He uh, co Coleman, I go right back. I, I had him, Tyler. I had Tyler Coleman. He was I guess so, yeah, right before Saab. Right? Yeah, I had him. Coleman, like, yo, you know who Dustin Bufflin is? Yeah. So like think Dustin Bufflin, but maybe a bit better at the minor leagues. Like just. Yeah. That's well, what I'm impressed with when I'm listening to the shows, right, and I'm watching the shows, I'm blown away with his knowledge of sports. It's he's crazy. Yeah, he's got crazy knowledge of sports. Like, I think that if I need to, like, he saw, you guys should be running almost a, like a betting line on here, and he should be giving some lines out on Sunday afternoon football, too, because he knows the stuff. We got a couple, I won't, I'll tell you after, but we're trying to get into the gambling market here soon, and he's our lead guy. Yeah, he would be great yeah. at it. Yeah. 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 Right? sit there and do some uh 
do some live, uh, yeah. some live picks, and he get it going right and start sweating and stuff like that, right? And <laughs> get drooling, some... <laughs> drooling, and get the froth coming out of his mouth, right? Like you know, him during Bill season, or I guess now is Bill season, but yeah, loves the Bills. Yeah, well, no wonder that he's been able to improve his knowledge, right? Because mm. if you're a Bills fan, you'd have to go and figure out everything that would, <laughs> would help them win, right? Because well, they're back now. They're back now, right? They've, yeah, like, they, they've got glimpses. Glimpses, that's a good yeah, word, yeah. Glimpses, yeah. right? They're back, they've got glimpses. So he's he's got some hope there, right? I guess so. Yeah. How do you like being a hockey dad? I saw you at the rink the other day with uh, your daughter. You enjoy it? I do. Is it hard not to put your nose in the in, in the business of like her coach? Like, hey, you should be doing this, or do you keep back? Uh, it was when they first started. What do you mean? It was difficult like, it not was diff- to... It was difficult to not say, well, you know, yeah. well, why wouldn't you do this? Um, what I've come to appreciate is there's a lot of hockey dads out there with great knowledge. I actually have, you know, by, by stepping back and going, other people know what they're doing too. Lots, lots. I've learned some things, right? I always use that example. There's, there's more than one road to Truro. So, you know, um, I stand back and I go, Hey, um, and I'm just, now I'm just really appreciative for the fact of how much time and effort these volunteers give to our kids. Like it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've got two daughters who have gone through it. Now I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. My two-year-old little boy, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from my little girls for the experience that I've had. But just a little fella running around with a hockey stick right now. I, I, at first I didn't want him to play. Now I shoot a ball at him as hard as I can to see how tough he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's two. He's Two, I'd show you a clip. He's he's, he's 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 around. I actually put a clip up on Facebook the other day, and he's I'm telling him put two hands on a stick, and he's identifying. Yeah, huh, huh. And he puts two hands on a stick, and as soon as we're done, and you know, I upload the 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 clip to Facebook, and he turns around, and I shoot a ball right off his belly as <laughs> hard as I can. He doesn't even flinch, and I'm like, yeah, you're tough like your mother. <laughs> can you skate it too? Like, is he on? Can you skate? No, is, so no, he's in but, the kitchen. Yeah, he's he's now. Now see, I'm gonna expose myself here. He's not skating at two, but I'll put skates on him to walk. Because if he can walk on skates in the living room and he can walk on skates in the house, I don't care how bad they cut up the floor. I was gonna right? say, ah, <laughs> ah, you know what? <laughs> Sid destroyed the the dryer. I'll have my kid will destroy my laminate flooring. Right? Who cares? Right? Um, but uh, yeah, if you can if you can walk on skates, and I figure that'll be a good start to being up on edges and awesome. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I uh, the big thing that I like about being the hockey dad is you go to the rink. People will ask you sometimes. You get into the conversations about hockey, but again, what do you do for an hour? Everybody watches practices now. You know, it's not like when we were kids. You get dropped off and they just sit at see you in an hour. Go to Tim's, yeah. right? You know. Everybody goes in. We all sit there. Why? Well, because they tried to watch. The parents will try to watch. They're just constantly interrupted by my ADHD, right? Okay, okay what's going on? There's the communication part that will come back out, See right? Okay. But yeah, so I'll just chit-chat with people, and then, um, and that's been great because when your kids play sports like that, you know, they're they're heavily competitive hockey and soccer players. You meet lots of people, and I love meeting people. So it's been good. That's a good way, way to put it. Yeah. I always fear about myself whenever I have kids that I might be in the little, I remember my brother used to play. I used to get mad at the refs, just my brother playing. So I worry that I'm going to, I don't know. 
We'll see. Hopefully. No, not. no. You know what? That 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 that's where I've stepped back, and you know we have that strong movement for respect for officials and yes. all that. And and I, it's not that I don't disagree with that or, or agree with it. I completely do. But after you're a parent for three years and you're yelling at some kid that's making fifteen bucks out there that he's only trying to give your kid an experience, you're going, hold on a sec, right? He he, he missed an offside, or he, you know he he didn't make this call, or she didn't do this. It's really it's so small yeah. in what's going to be the outcome of your kid's you know athletic life that you know I start to put that that stuff away. I guess when you put it in that sense, it is a small part of your kid's athletic. Yeah, life. and I'll be honest, difference. I got upset last year. It was and and I've and I've come in this year with a really good focus. It was last year or two years ago, and there was we were away at the female provincials, and I did. I was pretty hard on a couple female officials, and they were just learning and after. Um, you know, and you know the the snotty side of it is, I was like, "Well, this wouldn't happen in boys hockey, right?" So I played that card, right? Like you're, you you wouldn't do it in boys hockey, so why are you doing it in girls hockey? But then when you're driving away and you're ten thousand feet away from it, you're going, "Well, because they're trying to make the game better. They're trying to they're trying to have more people involved in the game at the female level. You see all the good reasons why you're doing it, and you're saying, "Don't be so narrow focused." Sometimes, you know, you know see things for what they sh- what people are, want them to be not just for what they are maybe in that you know that yeah. minute second yeah. so so it's lessons like that yeah and as long as you know we're you know, I'm an older guy now 48 so as long as we're still willing to learn as we get older too you know you can still be better like you know I think I'm a better person at the rink because of some of the lessons I've learned from being a dad um last couple of years which is good I like that yeah how much time are we at right now? We're at an hour. You, you had, what are you good? You but a, I got you. Keep going. I got nothing to do. I do you, are you good? Yeah. You're good for whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, is there anything? Uh, is there anything uh, I should be asking right now about the team in this upcoming uh, or not upcoming? I guess current season. Is there anything that you want to say about the team, about the league? Maybe things that uh, you're excited for. I know the U Sports Championship is here. I'm hoping, hopefully, you guys crack that. What uh, what is it that you... I, I, well, well, the biggest thing about the league, and it doesn't shock me, but I, I'm shocked at how much better our league gets every year. Like, the league just continues to get better. You know, we have such good talent that comes to this league. You know, guys are, you know, they're just missing something to be a professional hockey player. Um, and we've got a lot of guys from across the country gravitating to the east to play in this conference. Uh, I think we've got a, you know, one of the one of the most, if not the most, competitive conference in the country. Um, you can't take a night off. Um, I'd like us to get healthy. If I'm to be singular, uh, we've we've yet to play healthy. But there's a couple other teams out there that have been beat up injury-wise too. So it could be a really scary league when everybody's healthy. Um, Okay. Like tougher, like, you know, like you look at a, you look at, you know, we Moncton, you know, Moncton's in last right now. I thought they were one of the best teams in preseason or, you know, they've, they've got two or three significant injuries that have just started to trickle down the in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, Acadia, they're, they're, they're in the bottom half with us in Moncton. Uh, they played the other night with seven, eight forwards and six D. Like how did like you know how do you go into UMB with that, and and have a chance? 
right? It's tough. Mm. So when they're healthy, they're going to be a different team. So there's going to be different looks here in our league. Um, so it's going to make a national championship very competitive here because there's going to be three teams from our league oh, that will be here. Well, you, Katie will host, right? And we'll get the winner in the wild card. Oh. So we'll get three. So we'll get three teams. Okay. So there's, so there's a lot of chance, right? Okay. And, uh, um, you know, you've, you've got a, a team like Dalhousie who is, who's, who's been in the bottom half and the bottom four and, 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 and then that. They're sitting in third place now, right? And you've got a team like UPEI. Every night they're a hard team to play, um, right? They beat UMB, which is, you know, we, we look at as maybe the benchmark across the country. Um, and then uh, and then there's Saint of X. So it's never, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Every team you just list off, you're just like powerhouse, powerhouse, powerhouse. powerhouse and powerhouse. you go down their lineup and you go and you're starting to look at their lineup and you're going, okay, well, they have good lineups too. But, you know, what I'll do is I'll say, I look at our lineup and I say, you know what, I, I wouldn't trade a lot of pieces, if any. I like our lineup. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with us. And I'm saying, once we're healthy, I think we'll be. Well, you know, teams will go. Oh, wow! I didn't realize that maybe they were that good. I think we're better than what, what our record shows right now. And I think that, uh, you know, even with everybody healthy, I think that it's you know my job right now to make sure that we can get everybody to be as good as what I think they're capable of right now. I like that. Yeah. There must be a little bit more motivation too, knowing there's a national championship in your backyard, like 10 right streets here. away. You know how hard it is, man. I've been doing this for 25 years. You know, I've been fortunate enough to win once in 2010. Um, we've only been there three times, I think, or four times. Like he, It's not even easy getting there, let alone winning it. So when you have a conference that's hosting it and, and you know that you're having three teams there, you have more of an opportunity. You don't want to waste these opportunities. Because once you get to that dance, man, it's easy to, it's not easy to win. But once you get to the dance, you go, okay, win three hockey games, I win a national championship. It's pretty good. I remember when they got canceled two years ago and you're just underneath the tunnel and there's uh, not tension in the air, but there's, there's, there's a mix of tension and excitement. And yeah. just seeing all the teams mixed together, all the dressing rooms, all the trainers, everything, all the the, the, the buzz that's going on underneath the, the, the stands, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. Just to be able to be down there. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 and you you know what? Early in my in my career, um, when we went the once, we, we had beat Dalhousie to win you know the AUS for the first time in 25 years. And when we went that first time, um, you know, we saw our program really. Trevor took the program to another level. Um, you know, we, we competed on a nightly basis here as kind of a team that we're like, you know, we expect to win. Um, I won't lie. I took for granted being at nationals the very first time. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, a year passes and you don't go back. And then three years pass and you don't go back. You know, that was in 2002. 2002. Yeah. And then you're going, well, when am I getting back? And then I moved on and did the Halifax Lions, head, you know, head coach and GM and they get back and I'm like, oh, I missed it. Right. And they're back and you're going, okay, I missed it. And then they, you know, they, they're, they're touted to win and they lost a, you know, they, they, we, we dropped the ball. And I say we, I, cause I consider myself still part of the team. We dropped the ball and, um, we, you know, we went back and there was a spot that opened up in 2010 on the coaching staff and I reconnected with Trevor and, you know, we went back and when we went back in 2010, that was the big thing. We had a great captain and Mark Rancourt and that was the big thing. Don't take this for granted. I'm in my fifth year. This may never happen ever again, right? Like five years has gone by just like that. I've been here twice, but you know, 
what slipped away last year, you may never get to have this chance in front of you again. So don't take it for granted. And we beat Alberta in the finals. Probably, probably the single most exciting hockey moment of my career. Yeah. I remember watching it on TV. Yeah. yeah, it would be. It would be the single most exciting. Like, you know, you have tournaments and you have everything, but how often do you get to win the very last game of the year that you play? And we did it, right? It was great. What was the common trait within that team that one year you guys won? What was the common, I don't want to say personality, but the common theme of the year? Blue collar, hard work. Blue collar, hard work. Okay. Blue collar, hard work. Okay. And we had we didn't have a, just a full blue collar team, but it didn't matter. And remember when I talked earlier about every guy has an important role? Well, our fourth line took as much pride in going out and shutting down games and closing out periods as our first line did rolling out to score power play goals, right? Like, And it didn't matter if it was 5-1 and these guys are, you know, they're wearing shots and they're, you know, they're wearing pucks off the ankles and they're, and they've got bruises because it's five, one and they're sliding in front blocking shots to close out a game. Yeah. And, you know, like they're doing it and they're going, okay, I did it. Now tomorrow night, you got to go back out and you don't have to stand in front of those block shots because you're on the power play or you're doing this or that. Yeah. Right. It was just blue collar. It was hard work. And honestly, we didn't have, we like the team wasn't, and I use this, the, the clickish. Like if you have a team and they're clickish and you got two or three different little groups inside your dress room, you're not winning. You need one hole, you know. And uh, um, I actually think we did have a theme, um, and I've used it a little bit, but you know we did things a certain way, right? Can you teach blue collar? Can you coach it? Can you make it a mentality within the room? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing you can't teach. You can't teach courage, right? I can't teach a guy. Can't teach a guy to have big kahunas and to stand in front of shots, and I can't teach guys to finish their hits, and I can't. You can't teach that. You can show them, mm. but you can't teach it, right? But I think you can teach. Uh, you can teach hard work through example and through reward, um, and letting guys know that it doesn't matter what your last name is. You're rewarding guys because of how they play for the for the team on the front of your chest. And once you do that, then you can. You know, I think that you can you know, you can expose blue collar, right? I like that. I, I'll admit I haven't come out to a game yet this year, but I got to get out. I saw a great video the other day that looked like it was packed up in the stands. I, I got to get out. Is it a good environment to play? Like, is the ring, it's a good atmosphere? It's a great atmosphere. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a great atmosphere. They, they uh, Bronson Beaton is our new marketing director at uh, St. Mary's. He did a great job with, uh, with Molson and working with Dal. Um, we had a ton of fans in the stands. Three dollar beers. Yeah, three dollar beers. I just didn't know if I was allowed to talk about it. I said it for yeah. you. <laughs> now three dollar beers is a great promotion, right? Like, so you think about it. You're watching the best hockey in the city, right? You know, now we don't have the next Nathan McKinnon on the team, and we don't have the next Sidney Crosby. Where you know the Mooseheads, they've got that, but we have the best hockey. Like, if you want to come out and you want to see an unbelievable hockey game, um, you come watch our the AUS. And you're sitting there drinking three dollar beer. You, you, you know you're not gonna get. You can't even get that down at the downtown. At no, Scotiabank Center. Watch, yeah, it's go, well, you can't get that down watching the the Canadians and the Leafs play, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> if you're watching the Canadians <laughs> Leafs play, somebody should be giving you free beer. But <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get a hundred bucks to get in the door. Yeah. Oh, I know. But no, I'm so, gonna get down. When's your next home game? So we play this Saturday. So this Saturday night we 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 play a right. uh, home game against um, Acadia. Um, no and, way. 
yeah. So so it will be a good night. And this Saturday too, we have um, we're honoring Bob Warner. Uh, Bob Warner passed away. He's a former alumnus at St. Mary's. Was a captain. Uh, I actually played with his son Mark. We played the university hockey together. So we're we're honoring him and his family, and uh, um, and we have a scholarship going to to one of our players um, um, in in Bob's name um, that will be given out uh, annually. So that was it's you know it'll be a big night for us. It's uh, it's it's under some 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 sadness, but because uh, Bob we lost Bob early, it was unexpected. Um, but uh, but it should be a great night. It should be a great night. We've got some good some good alumni and some good support coming. So. Awesome. Good one. Well, we'll end it on that. I'll be there Saturday to cheer you guys on. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on Nogs. I know, uh, you're a busy man. So I, like I said, thanks for coming. No, anytime. I'd love to be here. Thank um, you. everyone listening. Thank you very much, uh, for tuning in. Make sure to go to that game Saturday. If so, I'll see you there. Uh, what's today? Tuesday, Tuesday, still the beginning of the week. Work hard, have fun. We are out. Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. Tell me how long you gonna stay here, Joe. Some people say this town don't look good in snow. You don't care, I know. Venture Highway in the sunshine where the days are longer, the nights are stronger than moonshine. You're gonna go, I know. Surround.